Hello friends, this is Tim Russell and Jenna Pastuzic of Innovative Voice Studio. We're two voice teaching actors living in the Big Apple, and we're here to give you some tips and tricks for conquering the hustle like a vocal pro. Folks, what do we do on an SVD? SVD, shitty vocal day. We all have them. We sure do. And you know, I mean... We started this conversation talking about allergies, and I feel like in allergy season, I do have a lot of SVDs. And then obviously in the wintertime, I'll also have a lot of SVDs in terms of colds, you know, flu season, all of that. But in general, um, in the summer and the fall, you know, an SVD may strike at any point in time, and it could be for a variety of reasons. It could be because of illness, because of allergies, or it could be because of vocal fatigue. So I think... One thing that people can remember is to sort of is to start by analyzing what where this SVD came from. If you can pinpoint the source, I think that will help you with identifying the proper treatment. Don't you agree? Absolutely. So yeah, if for example, you went on a bender last night and you were you went to House of Yes and you were partying all night and you woke up and your voice was a little little rusty obviously we know that's vocal fatigue so what would you recommend to someone who's experiencing vocal fatigue as a way to remedy that well first get a bacon egg and cheese and um (laughs) nurse that hangover (laughs) maybe harry the dog it you know bloody mary oh my god i love it (laughs) um yeah okay so if you had if you went out last night and you're at a crazy loud bar where there's a lot of loud music and you're having a few and then you got to sing the next day. What I would recommend is I would put my head over a steamer or a pot of boiling water for a while because I think what alcohol does is it dehydrates you. And then also the fact that you were in a loud, possibly smoky bar, that's also going to irritate your pharynx. Um, So you want to steam so that you can kind of reset and, and immediately get hydration to your vocal folds. I think that's the thing that people are like, well, you know, why is steaming such a big deal? Because steaming or using a nebulizer, which I like to do, is the only way to get direct hydration immediately to your vocal folds. If you drink a lot of water, that's obviously great for you, but it takes up to four days for the water that you drink right now to hit your vocal folds. It's a long time. Yeah. So I also would recommend if you know you're going to go to a wedding or, you, or you're going to go out that weekend to start doubling up your hydration efforts on Wednesday or Thursday so that by the time Sunday hits, you're not also recovering from a week of dehydration. I think you nailed it. Have you, can I ask you a question about the nebulizer? Like sure. I've, this is sort of like been circulating around a little bit in the voice community. And my understanding of it is that like the water particles are basically just smaller so that you're actually maximizing like the ratio of droplets actually hitting your vocal folds. Is that, am I right about that? Do you know? And if you don't, that's fine. I believe you're right. Um, The guys over at the Naked Vocalist have a really good article um, comparing the nebulizer to the steamer. Okay. Ultimately what they say is they're like, either one is great. And then it could be user preference. However, with the nebulizer, the particles are smaller and you can order special saline solution, which is the same pH level of your vocal fold hydration 
So then you're breathing in steam molecules that are the same pH as your body. So I believe that that's a little bit better. That's great. Yeah. I, I prefer the nebulizer, honestly, because it's it's super portable and it's pretty small. So I can carry it in my bag wherever I go. And so it's easy for me to use all the time versus my steamer is a facial steamer. So and also when I'm doing a show, if I'm having a two show day, I don't want to take all of my makeup off to steam in the middle. I'm just going to use my nebulizer because it's just in my mouth. Good point. Never thought about that. Now, the Pure Mist, of course, um, is a portable steamer. So if you want to invest in that, that's another option for you. Okay, so say you're hungover. Like, what would you do? I'm hungover, and I've got maybe – first of all, the preparation for this audition is just going very poorly if, if we're hungover. But maybe <laughs> – you know what? Maybe it was just that you were at a restaurant, and you were, like, sitting next to the speaker, and the music was just a little bit loud, and – you were with a few people and you were just kind of like just spending some more vocal bucks than you wanted to, but you didn't want to like be that guy to leave early or just like be antisocial. So, you know, you were, you were living your life and you got up the next morning. And you're like, wow, I'm a little tired. I'm going to steam. And if you don't have a, a facial steamer, just put a, a pot of water on the stovetop with a little salt and just drape a towel over your head and just sort of stick your face up in there and you will get the same effect. The at home steamer. Um, after that, I'm going back to my trusty SOVTs. I mean, some included vocal tracks because vocal fatigue basically means your vocal folds are probably more in a slack state, meaning that they're kind of just sort of raw and that they're uh, thick and they haven't really stretched and unpressed yet. So SOVTs work against that and they actually get in there and just sort of uh, make the make the whole system operate a little more efficiently. So I think like lip trills, raspberries, I have lately been really into the water bottle, the puffy cheek in the water bottle. Mm. So you basically screw the top off your water bottle. You like stick your lips in there, make like obnoxious model pucker face, stick your lips in and then flare your cheeks out like a puffer fish. Yeah. I actually call that the blowfish. The blowfish. I, I've yeah. never done it with a water bottle. I usually um, put my finger against my lips and then puff my cheeks and make the teeniest, tiniest hole in my lips so that I can feel the air hitting my finger. Yeah. It's just a slight variation on that. That's the first thing I do every morning. Every morning I wake up and I leave you know, my bedroom and I go into the hallway and I do a blowfish. So I just do a slide. So like a... <sighs> Just a high to low, low to high. Immediately with doing one blowfish, I will know where my voice is that day. If, I, if I'm if i like, wow, SVD, I really have to warm up today. I have to spend a lot of time finding my resonance, you know, kind of ironing out the kinks that are in my voice. Or if I do a blowfish and I can go through my whole range, high to low, low to high, without any problems or hiccups, then I'm like, okay, actually my voice feels pretty good today. So I can maybe work on some harder rep or um, I can sing for a little while longer or, you know, if I'm running late and I don't have time to do a full warm up, that's one of the days where I won't feel as bad about that because my voice feels like it's in good shape. You bring up a really good idea like this idea, go back to like science experiments in high school. You always had a control. So you could always measure what you had empirically against what you know is true, like the control. 
So for Jenna, her control is a blowfish. So you can always measure where you're at against that because you've done it so many times and you have like good kinesthetic awareness of like how your blowfish feels on a good day. So that if it's like an SVD, you kind of just have an easy way to measure it. I think that's great. And I would recommend that for everybody. Your control doesn't have to be a blowfish. It could be a gargle siren or a water bottle thing, whatever you want it to be, whatever feels good for you, but have that self-test. And then you can sort of navigate through how your warm-up is going to go or what you need to do in order to get back to what is considered a GVD, a great vocal day. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Love it. I always try to tell students this. I like to say, you know, if I know that I have to sing Defying Gravity on Sunday, then I'm not going to go out on Saturday. Or if I have to go out, I'm going to drink water or I'm going to not really, I'm not going to try to speak over the music or over the loud conversations next to me. I'm going to just try to make people lip read instead because I'm not going to blow out my voice the night before if I have something really important to sing, you know? So I think that there's an aspect of being smart in your social life planning in order to reduce your singing anxiety. I think that's great. Does that make sense? Like, do you do that? Yeah. Um, I, I've been borrowing this idea of uh, vocal bank from th the good folks at Wild Cornell, where I attended a workshop there last week. And I think Christine Schneider talks about this too. The idea that we all have money in our vocal bank, right? And there are certain things that we do that spend our vocal bucks or that prolong our vocal bucks. I used to call it like a fatigue threshold. It basically means like we do things that can accelerate fatigue or like like can certain things that we're, we become like the rabbit to the finish line or we become the turtle. The finish line being the place where we don't want to be sometimes in terms of like blowing out voice or like knowing when we need to just like reel it in take a rest. So yeah, like the social aspect of all this is really key, especially when you're in loud places, like that's spending vocal bucks that you don't necessarily need to spend. Caffeine, alcohol, those things are going to spend vocal bucks. Probably, obviously like live your life, be a human. But if you got that big audition on Sunday, you don't want to spend your vocal bucks the day before. Exactly. And I mean, you're a human, I'm a human, and we both like to have a good time. So if I'm going to Vegas for the weekend with some girlfriends and I want to live it up, then I'm just going to plan my singing schedule or my teaching schedule or whatever so that it's light upon my return so I can give myself a few days to recover and get back up to speed with where I was before I went and had an awesome time. Totally. <laughs> I think too, there's like, for me, and, and we're all different, but I find that if I don't have a physical warm up before I sing, I'm like never quite at my maximum performance ability. I agree. So I'm, I'm always going to do just like maybe some simple joint openers or like a shakedown or like even just jumping jacks just to get the blood flowing through the body, just to get the joints to open and encourage blood flow because our vocal folds need that. And so there, there is a really good reason to just get your, um, your heart ticking so that things are just more more supple and moving more easily. And uh, I think most of us have probably experienced that idea of just like, you know, doing a, a quick uh, calorie burn to get the voice just to kick into gear. It can be really, really acoustically beneficial. And not to mention, it can really like up the kinesthetic awareness of your body. Like how do we experience sensation? There's some really good 
science about uh, proprioception being improved by movement. Yeah, I I love that. I actually I keep an audition log and I made it on Google Forms so that I could, you know, ask myself whatever questions I wanted to ask. And one of the questions on there is, did you work out before your audition? Because I'm trying to track how I feel about my auditions, about my work, about my voice in terms of whether or not working out beforehand either, you know, helped me or hurt me. And I'm a super morning worker outer anyway. Because I believe that if I don't show up to these things having already moved or like opened up my body, I'm going to be singing through also like stiffness from sleeping or not having adjusted to the day. So I like to work out before I audition. It it just makes me feel more awake and it makes me feel like my my body is ready to support me in sound making. God, I love that. It's very easy to like think about our voice just like from our throat and up. And Jenna, we talk about this a lot in like our studio about how can we build our voice from the ground up? Yeah. And like one way to do that is to just like start by opening up your joints for like at your ankles and building uh, really strong links in the chain from there because we know that will manifest up. Really at the end of the day, we're talking about like, how do we get like a clear resonant voice? And yeah, of course it's like, it's in the throat. Like the vocal folds are in the throat and the the filter, like the pharynx and the resonators are all in the throat, but our power source is underneath us, right? In our lungs. And there are all of these supporting muscles and organs that are contributing to how well our power source is working for us. So Andrew Byrne does some really great work on this, but um, the idea here is that like our, our whole body is the instrument. I always start with a physical warm-up for just to get um, my feet on the floor and to make sure that I am uh, sort of in a grounded place to begin singing. Now, going back to our original question, which was, what do we do on an SVD? We've talked about allergies. We've talked about being hungover. What about when you're sick? What do you do? Depends what kind of sick, right? If you're dealing with laryngitis. Don't sing. You got to go on vocal rest. (laughs) (laughs) If you have like a nasal cold, if, if you're dealing with a little bit of congestion, depending on like what you're singing, it's probably okay to like, try to sing over your yeah, cold. Yeah, but don't push. That's what I think. No, I agree. I think that actually like this is where vibration can be mm-hmm. really useful. So um, there's a couple things like uh, the simplest thing, honestly, is just like an electric toothbrush or a, even like a tuning fork. Brush your teeth. I mean, seriously, like with an electric toothbrush for like maybe more than the two minutes and just try singing while you're doing that. Vibration is so, so good for proprioception. One of the things we lose when we're sick can probably be that. So we want to try to get that back because when we're sick, it's it can be really easy, like Jenna's saying, to push our voice because it can be tougher to feel sometimes. Yeah. I love the idea of vibrating. And the other thing that I think is important for people to start becoming aware of in their lessons and when they're practicing on their own is what they feel as well as what they hear. I know that we just talked about when you're sick, sometimes you can't feel things. But also when you're sick, sometimes you can't hear anything because your ears are clogged. So if you're relying on judging your sound only by how it sounds, not by how it feels, that's not going to do you any favors when you're sick because you won't be able to hear yourself. So you probably are going to be pushing for more sound anyway. You have to analyze when you're sick, where are you compromised? Is it I can't feel anything because my nose is stuffed up? So it feels like 
my my scuba mask that I usually rely on is inaccessible? If so, add a vibrator and then that's going to help you to find that again. Or is it my ears are clogged and I can't hear myself? Then you might have to go another way. So you might have to rely more on does my throat feel open? Do I feel my soft palate engaging? Do I feel anchored, et cetera, et cetera. So relying more on your body since that might be available to you instead of your your sound. Yeah, I love that. Another quick thing I want to add too is especially for people who experience like nasal congestion, like I do, um, there's a, a Russian physician who uh, did a lot of research on this, Buteco. And actually, Jenna, I learned this from your voice teacher, Joan Later. What you do basically is you you breathe in all the way through your nose and you exhale halfway through your nose and you pinch your nose and you shake around for probably a solid 10 to 15 seconds. And what you're doing, obviously we breathe in oxygen and we breathe out CO2. CO2 is like the discard gas, which sometimes gets a bad rap. It's like, oh, it's just excess gas, but actually can, and has been proven to as a decongestant basically. So you're blocking that shit all up in your nose and if you do that like five times uh, in rep, I have found this crazy success with like just clearing up the nasal passages. So if you're used to using like that part, like the resonators, like the sinus resonators and the nasopharynx, all that stuff to like get your sound to come out, that is a really good way just to get it back just quickly. Like if you're waiting in line, you're like, holy crap, I'm so freaking stuffed up. Do the nose block and the shaking of the head for like just 30 seconds and you'll find a little bit of a clearing. I love that. So, Jay. My only other trick that I haven't shared is a quick one. You know, we've talked a lot about the pharynx being irritated, and people might be wondering, well, who cares? Like, what what does that have to do with anything? Um, The pharynx is the back of your throat, so if it's irritated, it's just going to feel and look different than you're used to, so your vocal folds aren't going to be functioning like they normally do because your resonance cavity is just going to look and feel different, right? Absolutely. Okay, great. I felt like that sounded good in my head, so I'm going to go. <laughs> it sounded great. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully on board. Okay, anyway, so what I do if my throat is feeling yucky is gargle with salt water. Oh, yeah. Salt water is a natural um, de-inflammatory substance, so um, you can use that, and it will help reduce the swelling Um, and so that your throat will, it'll just feel a little bit better. And my last, my last little bonus feature is oil of oregano. You love that stuff. It's like any kind of witch's brew, oil of oregano, ginger. I, my, my roommate used to make this disgusting garlic concoction. You can kind of go actually there in the archives of our blog. If you go way back, there's a whole post on witch's brews. That will help you because, you know, a lot of times I'll have singers come in and they're like, I'm sick. And I say, okay, well, what are you doing about it? And they're like, I'm drinking tea. And I'm like, here's the thing. Tea is delicious and it's great. And I'm glad that you're enjoying a soothing hot beverage. It's not doing jack shit for your <laughs> your cold. Nope. So, so like, yes, and to the tea, you should also be doing these other things. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I think the moral of the story is if like – you want to walk into an audition smelling like a pizza oven, take some oil of oregano drops. (laughs) It's going to be a great conversation starter. If you never want to look at pizza the same way again, oil of oregano. It's so bad. 
Cure your cravings. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's like really good for you, but I remember having some of that stuff and just like being a little burpy oh. post-consumption. Be like, damn, this smells like I just like devoured 14 pizzas. It's a great time. Actually, you know what else is good on that note is wasabi. Mm. It clears your nasal cavity out immediately. Have you done that for like that purpose? Yeah. Remember when, do you remember when Luke Lords did it in college in at grad no, school? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. We took him to sushi and we were like, you can't smell? Like, you have a cold? Here, have some wasabi. And he was like, oh my God, I can breathe. That's so funny. What about just like, you know what my mom used to do when I was little? She would rub a little Vicks on my chest and a little bit under the nostrils. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you can't beat it, you know? Can't beat it. No, it's great. I'm no best. So a little Vicks underneath the old nostril and, uh. You'll be sleeping soundly. Well, uh, listeners, let us know what, if any of these tricks you already love and use and why. And if you're trying anything new because you heard us talk about it on this podcast, then let us know. We, we want to know. We want all the feedback so we can loop in people who need this stuff. So, folks, thank you for joining us. Yay. Thanks for joining, Jenna. You're the best. Virtual high five, Tim. Nailed it. Proud of you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. To keep in touch, please visit InnovativeVoiceStudio.com to sign up for our free newsletter and follow us on social media at Innovative Voice Studio.